gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to My Two Cents Podcast, episode 84, which is entitled News. I am your host, G2, and before I get into the topics today, I want to read you out the National Food Days of the Week. Today being July 24th, it is National Tequila Day, so please drink responsibly. Uh, tomorrow would be July 25th, it is Hot Fudge Sunday Day. Uh, after that, July 26th, it is Coffee Milkshake Day. July 27th, it is creme brulee day, as well as scotch day. So again, please drink responsibly on the 27th of July. July 28th, it is national hamburger day, as well as milk chocolate day. July 29th, it is chicken wing day and lasagna day. And then to cap it off, July 30th, it is cheesecake day. Now, the reason why I titled this episode news is because I couldn't think of nothing quirky as like a thing like a theme for this thing so i just rather just go with news just being the episode topic so with that let me just dive into the news uh i want to start off with international news as this comes from globalnews.ca and the item reads 21 teens who died in south african tavern all had toxic methanol in blood methanol is a toxic form of alcohol that is often used as a solvent Pesticide or fuel may be the cause of the death of 21 teenagers at the bar in East London, South Africa last month. The toxic chemical was found in the bloodstreams of all 21 teenagers whose lifeless bodies police found slumped over chairs and couches, laying on tables and sprawling on the dance floor at the South African tavern. But investigators still aren't sure if the levels found were high enough to have killed the teens. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, methanol poisoning usually occurs when people drink beverages contaminated with the chemical, but inhaling high concentration of methanol vapor has also provided to be just as toxic. It's unclear at this juncture how the 21 teens were poisoned with methanol. Initially, authorities thought the victims had died because of alcohol poisoning or carbon monoxide inhaling, but both of those potential causes have since been ruled out, said their police uh, commissioner. Uh, National Police Minister Bakik Klee said the South African police will wait until the final toxicology analysis comes through before declaring if anyone will face criminal charges for the 21 deaths. Uh, As the article will go on, they would report that the teenagers were there uh, because they were reportedly celebrating the end of the mid-year exams, a local DJ's birthday, and the relaxing of some of the last COVID-19 restrictions in South Africa, which was announced earlier in the week. Uh, Survivors spoke of smelling a strong and suffocating smell that filled the packed club as teens started to collapse on the dance floor. Others would just feel dizzy, sleep on the sofa, and die. It tells you the story that they were all kids because somebody should have taken note. They died as they danced, police minister Bahikli said they dance, fall, and die, literally. One survivor who's 19, who was hired by the bar to promote an alcohol brand, was among the survivors, and she counts herself lucky to be alive. In an interview with 
AFP. She told the news agency that she escaped through a grid locked door as club growers desperately tried to leave the gruesome scene. We tried moving through the crowd, shouting, please let us through. And others were shouting, we are dying, guys, and we are suffocating. And there are people who can't breathe, she said. I passed out at that moment. I was running out of breath, and there was a strong smell of some type of spray in the air. We thought it was pepper spray. Uh, she realized that she regained consciousness after being sprayed with water. I got up and realized that there were bodies lying around. I saw people being poured with water, but those people did not even move. She said in a phone interview, I could have died. So uh, the bar owner and the employees there did get arrested, but they're out right now on bail. And again, right now, they still don't know what's going on. They still don't know how these 21 uh, teenagers did die, but they do know that all of them did have toxic... Uh, methanol in their blood i don't know what to say about this personally this is just uh something that really startled me when i read that because you when you hear 21 teenagers dying in a club or even just any big number it doesn't matter if it's teenagers or adults just dying in a club you got to look into it at least read about it and figure out what happened also that could have happened anywhere it's just that it happened in south africa that could happen in america that happened in british clubs canada clubs i mean just clubs around the world it's just that it happened in Africa, and I just don't think that people know about it a lot. I haven't heard about it none on the news in America. In America, we cover everybody's news, international news, our news. We cover everything, and I have never heard nobody even talk about this yet. So hopefully, it starts gaining some type of noise. It probably will once they start uh, knowing what the culprit is, because then they'll pop up on ABC News, CBS, everybody else uh, news, the big uh, four over here in America. But once that happens, I guarantee you it'll be up on everybody's radar. If not, Hey, at least you guys heard it from here. So, uh, yeah, now talking about the news that happened inside the states. Uh, this comes from Insider. White House Press Secretary interrupts COVID-19 coordinator to say it doesn't matter where Biden caught the virus. For people that don't know, Joe Biden caught COVID-19. It popped up on, I believe, everybody's Apple phones. And it said that he got COVID-19. He said even though he got vaccinated and got the boosters, he still caught it somewhere. And Insider will go into more about what the press secretary had to say uh, the press secretary, whose name is Karen Jean Pierre, said it doesn't. I don't think that matters when a reporter asks where President Joe Biden caught COVID-19 during a Thursday press conference. Well, press briefing. I think what matters is we prepare for this moment. She added she interrupted White House COVID-19 coordinator Dr. Ashi Jha, who said he didn't think it was known where the president contracted the virus later in the briefing. Jean Perrier tried to clarify her comment. What I was trying to say is what's important now is that he has mild symptoms, is that he's working from the residents on behalf of the American people. She said Biden tested positive for COVID-19 Thursday morning. Okay, we got that. Uh, She would say that he will be isolated for five days and only come out once he has received a negative test. See, the thing right here is that she jumped the gun a little too quickly. Whenever she didn't have to interrupt and say it doesn't matter, it does matter because, again, even whenever you are going to doctor's offices, let's say that, or, uh, yeah, doctor's office, because you got to go through all this type of crap they actually did you. Have you traveled out of the country? Have you got COVID-19? Have you had, have you been out of the country in the past two weeks, a month, whatever the case may be? They ask you these type of things. So I would think that it's important to know where Biden has been these last couple days. I mean, yeah, he went, I believe he was in Saudi Arabia last week meeting with the prince and everybody got pissed off at that because he fist bumped the prince 
so people will might probably think that he got it from Saudi Arabia. We don't know where he's been ever since he came back from Saudi Arabia. Has he been to other uh, countries or whatever the case may have you? Or was he in one of these little local shops around Washington or around somewhere in the States of America that nobody knows? It See, that's the thing. Nobody knows. So it does matter where Biden has been. It's just that she jumped out. The press secretary did her job. She was trying to protect the president. But that saying that I don't think that matters is kind of a thing that's going to like joke people because that's going to grab headlines as it grabbed right here for Insider. It's going to grab headlines everywhere and people are going to talk about it and people are going to dissect it to the point that she's really going to have to backtrack it and President Biden is going to have to say something about it or somebody's going to talk to her and say, hey, you probably don't want to do that ever again. She probably got scolded for this. But again, she was doing her job, so I can't really get mad at her for that. But I think that she should have just probably stayed quiet on that part and say, listen, I don't know where he's been. I probably maybe say, I don't know. Just probably try to dance around that question and try to uh, say, listen, he got COVID-19. We're taking care of it and blah, blah, blah. You got to dance around it. They got excellent training for that. For you to be in a high position of title, trust me, you got some type of dancing skill to get around questions that you don't want to answer. So again, I don't, I'm not mad at her for this. I just think that she should have just danced around it way much more better than what she did. But hey, whatever. Uh, Biden got COVID-19. That's all people need to know. So again, you're vaccinated, unvaccinated. That's your choice. You do what you do. But just know that the COVID-19 is still going to get you either way if it just happens to grab you and nab you up. I just think that COVID-19 isn't as bad as it once was when it first came out. COVID-19, when it first happened in 2020, it was taking people out left and right to knock people out. And I mean just... Knocking people out, whether they were out for mad weeks, feeling deathly and ill. Certain people caught COVID-19. They were just dying on the spot. Now, two years later, COVID-19 is starting to, like, symptoms are still the same. Yes, you're going to feel achy and breaky and trash for a couple of days for certain individuals. Certain individuals, they get it. They don't feel no type of way. They feel normal. Just that, well, they say I got COVID. All right, so I got to wait home. So, COVID is different for different individuals. I just know it's not the same as it once was when it first came out. Because Again, it was killing people left and right. So get the shot. Don't get the shot. Get the booster. Don't get the booster. That's all up to you. Please just be safe and please be uh, mindful for yourself. Because at the end of the day, you only have you. And you're only going to die with you, technically. So please just be careful out here. That's all I'm asking. Uh, on to some pressing issues here. This comes from NBC News. Florida police sergeant seen grabbing officer by the throat is charged with battery and assault. Christopher Police 47 was also charged with evidence tampering and assaulting a civilian during the November 19th incident, the Broward State Attorney's Office said in a statement. Christopher, who was relieved of his supervisory duties in January, was accused of intentionally touching or striking the female officer against her will and assaulting her when he held pepper spray to her face, the statement said. The assault charge against a civilian who was being arrested on what authorities described as a violent felony when the incident occurred was prompted by Christopher holding the spray to the man's face, the prosecutor's office said. A probable cause affidavit obtained by the South Florida Sun Sentinel accused Christopher of trying to impair his cell phone for his use in a criminal trial. In the video, which was muted and blurred by the police department to protect an internal investigation, Christopher can be seen appearing to talk to the suspect 
who was handcuffed and in the back of a patrol car. The female officer can be seen approaching him and grabbing his duty belt in an attempt to pull him away, according to the Sunrise Police Chief Anthony Rosa. The video shows Christopher wheel around and briefly grab the officer by her throat while pushing her backward into another patrol car. He does not appear to deploy the paper, pepper spray. In a January statement, Rosa said the sergeant who he did not name arrived at the scene and approached the suspect who Rosa described as verbal and physical resentive. Christopher approached and engaged in a verbal altercation with the suspect in a manner that I feel was inappropriate and unprofessional. Rosa said the supervisor escalated the encounter instead of de-escalating an emotional charge situation. It is our practice at the Sunrise Police Department to do everything we can to de-escalate tense incidents and bring calm to chaos. Rosa also praised the female officer, noting that she was acting in accordance with department policies that call for intervention when there is an imminent fear of engagements escalating unnecessarily. Christopher's status at the department wasn't immediately clear. If convicted, he faces five years in prison on the felony battery charge and five years for evidence tampering. He faces one year for assault on an officer charge and 60 days for assault on a civilian. Okay, so it's another example of another officer basically being wound up too tight how many times have we seen this? How many times have we seen officers being wound up too tight? They take the job way too seriously. They're probably been on the force way too long, and then they get there, and they just want to abuse their power. It's been something that's been on record many times. We've seen it constantly over and over again. I'm glad that this woman did pull on his belt to try to de-escalate the situation, but she ended up did getting like hands put on her. I don't like that. See, that makes people not want to escalate things because they don't want somebody to put their hands on them, especially whenever they're somebody that's above them. They're a person that's in a title above them. They could actually affect their career. People don't want to do that because then you're worried about job security. That's always everybody's main thing is whenever they always say, well, I didn't do this because of job security or I didn't snitch because of this or that. It's always job security. So this happening right here, I'm just glad it was all on film because this guy shouldn't have done that. This Christopher, dude, you shouldn't have done none of this. This is ridiculous. You are an officer. Again, you're supposed to protect and serve the people of your community. You're supposed to do what's right and all this type of stuff. You're not supposed to get all up in somebody's face, even though they're handcuffed in the back of a police car. What are we doing? You you already did your job. Your police people already did their job. You got called there for what reason? I don't know, but hey, man, you could have grabbed them up, put them in your car, and then drove off with them to the thing if that's what you wanted to do. But you getting in the man's face and all that type of stuff, you, you guys should, it, it shouldn't have even got to this. I'm trying to rationalize it, but no, shouldn't have gotten to this. Once the dude got arrested, put him in the back of the car, drive off, whatever, they're going to be uh, argumentative and all this type of crap. Cool, fine, whatever. I think that's even happened in life. How many times have we seen people argue with people in life when you don't like them? You've seen that a lot. You see people just argue with each other and they just walk about their business. So you mean to tell me, as officers, you guys just can't arrest somebody, put them in your cop car, and just handle somebody, be mouthy to you as you drive? That's all you got to do, just handle it. You got to mute them off. But, hey, whatever the case may be, the guy, the sergeant got called here. He ends up putting his hands around one of his uh, subordinates' throats, which was an idiotic thing. So um, I'm glad it was caught on camera. I'm glad the woman did try to de-escalate the thing because we don't hear about that a lot with officers trying to de-escalate it. And it's, you know, the funny part, though, 
there's always women de-escalating things. Sometimes it's always, sometimes it's some of the guys, but you hear about it, at least majority when I read about it, you hear about women uh, de-escalating the things. It's just like whenever the George Floyd thing happened and then like weeks later, uh, another incident almost came around where an officer got too much in the victim's face after they already arrested him and he was trying to like beat up on him and then a black woman had to walk in and a black police officer walked in between them and she told one of the other officers just like to hold that officer that was trying to beat down on the guy that they already arrest of another woman stepping in. That's what this situation reminds me of. Yes, again, there are men officers that will step in between things, but for me, when I do see it, it's always majority like women doing it. So I do wish the women that are doing these things, I want to say thank you for that. For the dudes that are stepping in uh, for conversations like that, I want to say thank you too. Uh, but please just be careful because you don't know what type of lunatic you're dealing with your hands, even within your own organization, your own group, because even though they're your uh, superior, they are lieutenants and uh, idiots that are psycho themselves that they just downplay because they have the badge and everything else on. But once they get the opportunity, they show out like this. So, again, please just be mindful and be careful of yourself as you're on the job. Uh, trying to at least show everybody what a good police officer actually looks like. Speaking of police news as well, this comes from Blevity News as the title reads, 23-year-old black man shot execution style by police uh, in California. Well, California police, as the title wrote. Uh, 23-year-old man was fatally shot while running from the San Bernardino police in California. Surveillance footage shows an officer firing at Robert Adams just seconds after pulling up in an unmarked vehicle. Security camera footage shows two officers driving up in an unmarked car around 8 p.m. as Adams stood in the parking lot. Police in San Bernardino, California, fatally shot 23-year-old Robert Adams execution style. It's reported Robert didn't know there was police in the unmarked car before he ran for his life. We need a full investigation into this horrific execution. Ben Crump, the lawyer representing George Floyd's families, tweeted. Adams ran from the officers when they stepped out of the vehicle. The clip shows that within seconds of getting out of the car, one of the officers fired at Adams from a distance, causing Adams to hit the floor. The two officers have not been identified, but Adams' family asked for murder charges to be filed against them. Since the video's release, Adams' family has been urging authorities to file murder charges against the officers who have not yet been identified. The two officers were considered to be with a specialized investigations unit and were conducting surveillance in an unmarked vehicle after receiving information that a black male armed with a gun was in the parking lot the San Bernardino Police Department said in a statement, the two officers say they gave verbal instructions after stepping out of the unmarked car and that Adams had a gun in his hand as he ran. Adams' family urges, well, argues that their loved ones probably did not know they were officers when they arrived. Okay, I've seen the clip. I've seen it. Once I read this thing, I saw it. Um, let me make this perfectly clear. I'm not saying that the police were in the right for this. I'm not saying that at all. What I will say is this. Once you see the video and they got it it's on Twitter, you can search this stuff up because the only thing you got to type in is like Robert Adams shot. And trust me, it'll show up in like I Google that and type in the video. You can on the video uh, tab, just search for it. It ain't that long to do it. Um, You'll see the video. You see him talking to a dude in a parking lot. He lifts up his shirt. And I don't know if anybody knows what that means. When you lift up your shirt, you're looking like you're showing off like you got a gun in your pants. I'm just going to let you know off top. If you've seen movies, whether they're black, white, whatever type of movies you are watching, if somebody happens to lift up their shirt, 
right? They always have a gun literally inside their pants. So that's what made me thought, okay, he's showing off. He had a gun in his pants to one of uh, the people that he was talking to in the parking lot. So then you see an unmarked car literally drive into the parking lot. He starts slowly walking up on the car, just slowly. But then as soon as the officers come out, you see him run. The officers literally run after him, and then he's almost close to a wall, and it has, and he's in between two cars, and the officer just starts popping him. And you see him get hit, hit the wall, and then hit the floor. The officer walks close up to him, and I'm not sure if I saw him shoot, not the not Robert Adams, I'm talking about the other officer, shoot him. I just see his arms moving a little bit more, and then he just doesn't move anymore after that so i'm gonna say this right now again i don't know what the whole thing happened i just know that robert adams got shot and i saw the video of it and i just don't know what to make of it could he have had a gun yes but did he pull it out at that time no do officers have the right to shoot somebody when they think it's a threat they always gonna say yes my thing is that again if somebody's running away from you i don't understand why you We've seen officers run other people. I still am of the belief that you guys can shoot a taser at somebody. I am of the belief that you guys, if you're going to use a gun, shoot them in their foot, in their calf, something to at least drop them. When you do that, guess what? They're not able to run as they once were. And if you happen to miss the lower body parts, guess what? And they happen to outrun you those bullets at those times, guess what? You just lost one. It's fine. You can chase them down another time and find them again. They're not an immediate threat to you at that moment because if they were an immediate threat, trust me, they would try to pull out the gun right there and start popping off. He didn't do that. So right now I can see the Robert uh, family going after the police officers for that and doing what they got to do. And also this is one another reason why unmarked cars, especially in this type of situation, is very, very dangerous. Because I understand the method for unmarked cars. You don't want people to know that you're a cop. So you can try to catch them doing something dirty. And even though in that essence, that's dirty too. Because a lot of officers don't want you to record them. And if you're doing something, you got to have officers. uh, What is it? You got to have officers permission in certain states. You got to, when you're recording somebody, both parties got to know they're being recorded. But if you're an officer, that doesn't matter. They still use it. Um, It's all just nastiness when you think about it literally an unmarked car driving into a parking lot it should have been a police car walking into a parking lot because when you have a police car walking into a parking lot guess what people are going to know that you're a police officer and guess what they're going to mind their business they're going to mind their manners they're going to do what they got to do and that's about it you guys got a report saying there was a black man with a weapon in a parking lot you didn't say that he was firing off shots you didn't say nothing you just said that you guys received information a black man was armed with a gun in a parking lot. That was it. See, you guys should have had a police car that was tagged and marked with police on it driving up to this. But you had an unmarked car. See, for other people, regular civilians or even people that are in gang life, I'm not a gang member, so let me just make that perfectly clear when I label that right there. Regular civilians and people of my mindset are going to think, who is this car just slowly driving up? Shoot, I think that a lot whenever people are driving on my road that are driving slowly. Like, who is this driving slowly? And I got to stop and just look at that. Me, I'm not too curious to try to walk up on the car, but you will have some people try to walk up on the car like Robert Adams did. And as soon as somebody pops out the car running towards you, yeah, you're going to run. 
that's kind of the case. And that's kind of the deal. So you guys should have easily have let Robert Adams either just continue to run or you should have tried to pop him in the leg. You don't pop him higher. I think that's one thing in police training that they need to do now. They need to try to teach officers better ways of trying to shoot somebody in the leg or something. Because once you do that, man, they can't run no more. I'm not saying fire off mad multiple shots. I'm saying like fire off one or two. And that's it. And if they happen to outrun the bullet, hey, they outran the bullet, call it a day. But when you're in a shoot-off with somebody, then you all fair game. This wasn't a shoot-off, ladies and gentlemen. This was just officers literally just popping out of the car and running up on this man. So I can see the family going out of the officers. I hope they're able to uh, do something. And also, I don't, in the video, I didn't see them talking to him. I didn't see no lips moving like that. I could be wrong, but from the video that I saw, I didn't see no lips moving. I saw them literally pop out the car, run towards them, and they start pop, pop. So we'll have to see what happens as uh, this next week happens and on goes, but I will be looking more into that once the time comes. Now on to more news uh, from ABC News. Judge finds sufficient evidence to continue Elijah McClain case. A Colorado judge has found that evidence against the five former Aurora police officers and paramedics in the 2019 death of Elijah McClain is strong enough to pursue criminal cases. Now, for people that don't remember who Elijah McClain was, Elijah McClain was the black uh, adult, young adult, that got killed by police officers and paramedics in 2019 whenever he was walking uh, home from a store and somebody ended up calling, I believe, the police saying that there was a sketchy man walking in their neighborhood. Police came running around going up to him, they ended up uh, holding him, he said that he can't breathe, he can't move, and then you see paramedics come in, and they ended up uh, giving him some type of ketamine or some type of uh, medicine in him, and he ends up dying in, I believe, either the ambulance or in the police custody, one or the two, and he was basically just walking home, doing nothing, he died for absolutely no reason. So, continuing on now into... Uh, 2021, the five defendants were indicted in McLean's death in August of 2021 on several charges, including manslaughter and criminal neglect homicide, according to officials. Lawyers representing the three officers and two paramedics asked Adams County District Judge Priscilla Lowe to review the cases, arguing that there was not enough evidence to support the charges against their clients, according to court documents. Now, almost a year and after the defendants were indicted by a grand jury on a combined 32 counts, including manslaughter and criminally neglect homicide, Lowe announced on Monday that the case would not be thrown out. In her order, Lowe wrote that based upon the grand jury materials, there is sufficient evidence to establish probable cause for each of the counts listed in the grand jury indictment filed with the court on September 1st, 2022. All five defendants have been scheduled to appear in court for arraignment on August 12th, according to court documents. So they're going to continue on pressing on with this. I'm good because, and I'm glad for this because, again, this is a black young teenage, young man that didn't have to die. He was basically just being his own thing. He was doing his own thing. He was not being a cause or he was not doing nothing to nobody. And somebody was being a <laughs> dickhead and calling about saying that he was acting sketchy. What? Ugh, I hate people like that. And I hate people that don't mind their own business. This kid is dead for nothing, and uh, hopefully the parents will get some type of something for this. They already got money. They already got that, but that's not going to bring their kid back. 
seeing the people that ended up taking their kid away going to jail would do something. And that that's a good thing. Hopefully that that's what we get out of this. And uh we'll have to see. Again, they're going to be in court on August twelfth for their arraignment, but I believe their whole thing will start starting on September the first. Hopefully. Now off to the next topic. Detroit Free Press. James Jennifer Crumbly acts appeals court to toss case. Our son did this, not us. James and Jennifer Crumley are seeking intervention from the Michigan Court of Appeals, arguing they never should have been charged in a school shooting that was carried out by their son. In a filing late Monday with the appeals court, defense attorney for the Crumleys argue that the parents cannot be held accountable for the actions of their son, that there are no legal grounds to charge them, and that they had no idea he would commit such an act. Ethan Crumley's Criminal conduct was the sole case or sole cause of harm to the victims. Defense lawyers argue in the filing, maintaining the prosecution is trying to make an example out of the Crumleys when the law doesn't support it. Certainly, if the prosecution could link, well, could directly link Mr. or Miss Crumley to the mass shooting, they would be prosecuted to the first degree murder as if they had directly committed the offense. The defense writes, however, because the prosecution cannot support such a claim, they are left attempting to fit a square peg in a round hole. That's because what the prosecution is really trying to do is reform gun laws and make an example out of the Crumleys. The defense maintains alleging their clients are wrongfully being prosecuted for an issue that belongs in the legislature. Now, here's my take on this. The parents are trying to get out of it because they're going to say that we didn't pull the trigger, we didn't do nothing, this was all our son, as they're saying right now. But here's the thing with this. We're starting to see now that with mass shootings like this coming awry, and with you guys literally having some type of control over this, you guys are now going to be accountable for it. Because if people don't remember, you can look back and do the research yourself, but I'll bring it to you, to you briefly. Ethan Crumbly, their son, he was in school. He was researching something on his phone. He got caught on his phone looking up, I believe, gun magazines. I believe those are like gun ammunition. That's why they say magazine. Uh, the teacher sends the kid to the guidance counselor. Guidance counselor ends up calling the mother. Mother comes around. They had the father, but the father couldn't make it because he was at work and he wasn't getting off because he was at work. So the mother came. They end up talking to the mother and the son. They send the son back to this classroom and uh, they gave the mom opportunity to say, do you want to take your son home or not? Nah, the mom said, nah, keep him in school, all this type of stuff. So, okay, he goes back to the classroom. He has a going back there. Unbeknownst to everybody else, he has a gun in his uh, backpack. So, I believe past attempts he got caught like writing some type of stuff on a piece of paper saying help me or something like that. I believe this kid has some like mental issues here. Uh, nothing was done of it. Long story less long. The kid ends up shooting. And but before he does that, the mom kind of like texts him saying you should know you should know better or like you should know how to hide it better if you're going to look for something. So the kid ends up do shooting in the classroom, shooting around and he ends up getting arrested Parents ended up getting arrested for it because they had the opportunity to take their kid home, all this type of stuff. And with the also the addict's text message saying that you should have uh, hidden your phone or being knowing be more sneaky how to search for something. They're putting that with it. I'm cool with it personally. Again, I think certain parents need to be held accountable when their kid does uh, ludicrous things like this. This just happens to be one of them. Ethan was a kid that was... Uh, 
mentally unstable. Let's call a spade a spade here. If you're writing, help me on a piece of paper, that's telling that you have some type of issue that you need help with. And for your parent and also certain people within the school system, because the school system knew about that, doesn't uh, help you with it. You're left to your own devices. And if you're not sane all the way, you're left to doing something on not saneable, not something that anybody with a common rational mind would do. And I believe shooting up a school is something that somebody with a non common rational mind would do and that's what happened so we're down here now and the parents are now trying to get their whole crap tossed because our son did it and not them no you guys are being held accountable because your mom because your his mother had a chance to take him home and all types of but said nah keep him home what type of even question is that if your kid gets caught searching up magazine uh, gun magazine, gun ammunition, and they ask you, do you want to take your son home or not? Yo, you got to take your kid home. What are we talking about? There's not even a question of saying, do you want to take him home? No, you're taking your kid home. No, take him home now. Matter of fact, the teacher will get his bill bag and bring it to him. He got to go home. He can't be here for that. There's no way. My school would have never allowed me to do that. It would have just suspended me off rip. They suspend people. What happened to that? People have gotten so soft that you ain't suspending kids no more, but Hey, what's done is done. He's facing uh, some charges for that. And now the parents are going to have to face some. And I'm glad their whole appeals didn't get tossed, to be honest with you, because, again, they had the opportunity to take them home. They did not. And I believe that the school should be facing some type of stuff for that, too, from the other parents. Because, again, if people look into it, the guidance counselor and the teachers, they knew about him. They knew. So I believe the school should be getting some type of stuff for that, too. But we should have to uh, see what happens later. But for right now, their uh, appeals is not being tossed out by the court. And I'm good with that. Now to another topic, as this coming from NBC News. Son of retired New York judge kills mom before jumping from a building to his death, police say. The son of a prominent former Manhattan judge is accused of fatally bludgeoning his mom before jumping 16 stories to his death from their Upper East Side luxury building Tuesday, New York City police said. Doug Solomon, 26, allegedly fatally beat his mother, Diane Gallagher, 65, hitting her in the head at the family's home on East 79th Street. He hit her with a piece of furniture, a senior police officer told NBC New York. Then he jumped from the building, they said. Solomon's father and Gallagher's husband is Chris Solomon, who served on the Manhattan Supreme Court. He retired in 2018 after serving three decades, NBC New York reported. During his time on the bench, he oversaw Sean P. Diddy Combs' 2001 nightclub shooting trial and a case involving former New York Governor Elliot Spitzer and one of his mistresses. Police responded to the family's residence around 10.30 a.m. and upon arrival observed Doug Solomon unconscious and unresponsive with trauma to the body. The injuries were consistent with falling from an elevated position, authority says. Officers also discovered Gallagher inside the apartment, also unconscious and unresponsive with head trauma. Both were pronounced dead at the scene. Neighbors said the family also had a daughter who was preparing to get married soon, according to NBC New York. Law enforcement sources told the station there was no domestic violence records from the Solomon's home prior to Tuesday's tragedy. It's not clear whether Chris Solomon was home at the time of the deaths. So right now they are saying that the son did it, but to a degree they have no idea. I'm just going to chalk it up to chance. I don't know. I don't I don't know. It could have been the son. It could have been somebody else. It could have been whoever the case may be. I don't know. 
I just don't know. I don't know what to say about this. Me being a mother's boy as I am, I don't know how to feel when I hear about a son killing his mom. I just think of, I don't know how you would kill your mother. I mean, you're living in a nice place. Your father was a judge. I mean, you guys come with money. So that has to be a situation here. I mean, you weren't hustling for nothing. What would lead you to kill your mother and then jump off of a building? What was it? Were you not right in the head? Were you not satisfied with yourself? What what would be the case? I, I don't get it. Did your mom and dad say they're going to cut you off? That you got to live on your own? I, I don't know. This is all me just speculating. I'm trying to figure out what would be the case for him to just kill his mother. It just doesn't make sense to me. Whenever I hear about a dude just killing his mom, it doesn't make sense until you hear all the stories from the back trauma. Was the mother abusive to him? Was the family abusive to him? Or something like that, and he just snapped one day and just couldn't take it? Or what was it? I don't understand. Was there, uh, was he supposed to get some type of, uh, insurance money from them whenever they die? Or what do they call it? Inheritance? I don't know. And then you would take your own life. I don't get it. This whole thing's just weird to me that, uh, he ends up killing his mom, then jumping off and killing himself. Uh, hopefully more will come to that. I just want everybody to be aware of this story because this is just another one of those things that's just weird to me. Uh, now on to some, I'm hopefully happy news for certain individuals. This come from Yahoo News. House passes same-sex marriage protections citing threat from Roe decision. House Democrats and a sizable group of Republicans voted Tuesday in favor of protecting same-sex marriage from being overturned by the Supreme Court. The House voted to pass the Respect for Marriage Act 267 to 157, with 47 Republicans joining Democrats. The bill would codify same-sex marriage into federal law and bolster other marriage protections and came in response to fears that the Supreme Court may strike down such protections after overturning in June, the landmark Roe v. Wade decision that established the constitutional right to an abortion. The bill would also formally repeal the Defense of Marriage Act, a 1996 law that defines marriage as a union between a man and a woman. The measure is widely expected to fall short of the 60 votes needed to clear a filibuster in the Senate where Republicans and Democrats hold 50 seats apiece. Okay. Also, adding on, this comes from the Wall Street Journal, birth control access bill passed by the House. Uh, the House on Thursday passed a bill that will protect access to contraception on a federal level as Democratic lawmakers say they fear the recent Supreme Court ruling ending the constitutional right to an abortion could endanger other protections. The bill passed 228 to 195 with eight Republicans siding with Democrats while two Republicans voted present. It follows another piece of legislation that passed this week to protect same-sex and interracial marriage, in which about four dozen Republicans joined Democrats in support. Democrats are seen as underdogs in November's midterm elections in the House, and they have been rolling out a series of votes related to privacy rights. Okay, should we have a session on the birds and the bees? House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said Thursday about her response to Republicans who oppressed the contraception bill. You don't want birth control, but you want control of women. The legislation protects access to any contraception device, including all contraceptive products approved by the FDA, including IUDs and emergency contraception, such as Plan B. So women are able to still get Plan B and IUDs and all that type of stuff to stop them from getting pregnant. 
and uh, same-sex marriage and interracial marriages are being protected. Hey, man, that's still a good thing for people because, again, with now Roe, being, Roe v. Wade being overturned and people are now uh, so trying to worry about, okay, is this going to be taken away from us? Is that going to be taken away from us next? It's good to put all these safety blocks in front of things that's already been here that, to be truly honest with you, people shouldn't really be worried about. Same-sex marriage, you shouldn't really be worried about that. Let these people get married to who they want to get married to. What what are we doing here? You shouldn't be trying to cock-block them from getting married. If they want to get married, hey, man, let them do that. Let them do them. Certain people could just literally be together and just be cool with no marriage on the table and just, that's my partner, that's my life partner, that's just what it is. Certain people want to have that ring on their finger and be seen as equals to people on the legal spectrum of signing a piece of paper. That blows my mind, but hey, I've always had the ability to always do that since I'm a straight man to have the ability to get married. I don't know what it's like to be on the other side of that. So, hey, um, that's that. And also, I never understood why people try to go out the interracial marriage. You would think that when you see a whole lot of interracial kids running around, what do you think is going to happen? Interracial marriage is kind of the next step that's going to happen. It's going to happen. What are we doing? Is is this is again one of those things? Just like the same sex thing, let people be married to who they want to. Let people be with who they want to. Don't try to step in. It's it's inevitable, basically, ladies and gentlemen. It's a stupid thing to try to step into. Just stop it now with birth control. People trying to stop birth control. What are we doing? People having sex is going to happen. People having sex. That's just what it is. It's life. That's how everybody's born on this planet. You're born from having sex. Certain people are born from literally, uh, what? Being a sperm donor and giving their sperm to another person. Yeah, sure, that's like the exception to the rule. But usually about a good 90% of adults or children on this planet, 90% of people are born from two people having sex, intercourse, whatever you want to call it, and ta-da, you're the ending product. So for people to now want to try to stop people from getting the IUDs or plan B's. Listen here, you can't stop a woman from doing that. You guys are trying to stop them from getting abortions. That's not right, but hey, that's happening right now. That's just what it is. And now you're trying to stop people from preventing themselves from getting pregnant. Yo, stop it. You got to let people make decisions for themselves. Stop it. Again, the only time people are able to at least have these conversations or if you're in a relationship with that person that are taking these I well this has an IUD or taking the plan B's that's whenever you guys have the conversation of Ayo hey, do we want to get pregnant do you want to get pregnant do we want to have kids or this and that that's whenever that conversation happens but until then that's all a woman's right and I believe that women should have the right to do what they want to do with their body seriously let them just have that opinion. That's them. They're carrying a the child. They're doing all this type of stuff. Men, we need to stay out of this. Let us just stay in the back. And that's it. They're going to say, be supportive for abortion. Be supportive for non-abortion. Hey, yo, again, I'm just a man. We know what we do. Hey, we'll just call a spade a spade here to get a woman pregnant. And after that, it's all up to them if they want to keep it or not. But if I believe that if you guys are in a relationship, that's a conversation between you two, just for financial reasons, and all this other stuff, and also emotional support, if she decides to want to go through with it, or keep it, that's still you guys' situation, but other than that, men, we need to fall back, women, this is y'all fight, and we just have to watch from the sideline from that. Now off to something that I didn't know would be making so much national news, but then once you start really looking into it, you can understand why. Uh, Hollywood Reporter would 
write-up, Sesame Workshop promises biased training for Sesame Place staff after viral video incident. Uh, Sesame Workshop, the nonprofit behind Sesame Street, has responded to a viral video that appears to depict an incident of racial bias that occurred at Sesame Place, Philadelphia, over the weekend. On Sunday morning, digital strategist Leslie Mack posted a video on Twitter from her great niece's fourth birthday celebration over the weekend. In a nine-second clip, two little girls from the party, both black, stand on the sidelines of the parade of the characters and extend their arms towards a performer dressed in a Rosita costume. Rosita high-fives other park visitors before waving off the two girls, wagging her head as she turns away from them. This is how hashtag Sesame Place treated their beautiful black children. Mac captioned the video, which has generated 7.3 million views as of press time. As the video went viral on Monday, other people began sharing similar vo- videos of Sesame Place characters appearing to ignore black children while interacting with others. The incident caught the attention of multiple Hollywood figures. These glamorous girls will never forget that feeling, Kelly Rowland wrote in a reply on Sesame's Place Instagram account. While Audra McDonald tweeted, this is absolutely disgusting. Every black woman was once a little black girl who made this face when the way things are for us in America first broke her heart, tweeted Yvette Nicole Brown. While Wendell Pierce shared that the disillusionment can happen to boys too. Watching this moment reminds me of my own four-year-olds on Mardi Gras being denied the joy I see other kids having and the realization of the horrible reality. Sesame Place posted an initial response to his Instagram account on Sunday evening, explained that the costumes sometimes inhabit performers' eyesights and that the employee portraying Rosita's no gesture was a general response to client requests to hold children for photos, which is against park policy. We spoke to the family and extended our apologies and invited them back for a special meeting and greet opportunity with our characters, the statement said. But Max said that hasn't happened. This statement is the first and only time the family heard about this offer and Sesame Place has cut off email communication. She tweeted, the entire statement is a lie. Late Monday afternoon, Sesame Workshop, which was careful to note that Sesame's Place is a licensed partner, weighed in. What these children experience is unacceptable. Read its statements on social media. We have been in contact with Sesame's Place, our licensed park partner, and they have assured us that they will conduct bias training and a thorough review of the ways in which they engage with families and guests. All right, this is this. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. You guys are people in mascots. Okay, let me make this perfectly clear. When you are in a mascot, when you're inside of a costume that's geared towards children, basically what a mascot is, what do you think your prime objective is to do? Your prime objective as a person inside of a mascot suit is literally to put smiles on kids' faces, to put smiles on the adults' faces, basically to entertain them, basically be a court gesture to your audience. And for you to not high-five these little girls, to high-five these people, what are you doing? The high-five black little girls, to be more specific. What do you think you're going to do? You Certain children, they're okay with it. Certain children will not be okay with it. Certain parents will be like, oh, baby, that's fine. That They, they have not see you. Certain parents will be wanting to jump up and want to beat the person inside the costumes we're in because you neglected my child while you're able to high-five all these other kids. See, we get different levels to this. 
But you inside the costume, you know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to just be an idiot. You're supposed to act like an idiot legitimately. That's all you're supposed to do. You're only supposed to act like an idiot, high-five the kids, shake their hands, all this type of stuff. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you technically get paid for. Some of the people volunteer for it and they don't get paid for it, but that's what you're supposed to do as a person inside of a mascot, inside of a caricature's costume. That's what you're supposed to do. And for all these videos that have come out to showcase that these people inside these suits don't do that, it's real disturbing. Again, I didn't pay this no attention. I thought this was like a one-time thing, personally. I was like, all right, this is something that didn't, that only happened once. All right, this was stupid. Why would they do that? But all right, cool, fine, whatever. And then once it starts rolling out with people throwing up their videos over and over, more black individuals throwing more of their kids being neglected and all this type of stuff. I'm like, okay, this this right here is fitting some type of situation here. This is trying to showcase that, yo, Sesame Place, Sesame Street is technically not for us. It's for the white kids and all this type of stuff. And if you do that, that's a bad, bad situation because let me explain something to you right now. Uh, Sesame Street has been a vital part in the black community household. There's a lot of black people that like Sesame Street. There's a lot of children that like Sesame Street of the black community. I'm just gonna be honest with you. My brother does an Elmo impersonation. He was even Elmo inside the costume for one of his, uh, one of his little jobs that he was on at a time. Um, we had my sister watching Elmo. We had my sister watching Sesame Street and all this type of stuff. It, Sesame Street is literally in the black households. It is... And if you take that out of here, I think you're taking a good percentage of black viewership away from Sesame Street. I'm not saying that it's going to collapse Sesame Street, but I believe a good portion, and I believe the people at the top will see, like, okay, something is happening, and they got to make some adjustments here. I just don't understand how people in these costumes are able to just get away with doing the bare minimum. And what I mean by bare minimum, I mean by doing this. You don't just neglect children. It doesn't matter if they're black, white, Asian, Hispanic. You don't neglect no children, but for you guys to have a continued history of this, this shows a bigger problem. And I hope this thing does get rectified. And why is there even a thing called bias training in this? It's called just be a mascot. Mascot one-on-one. Act like an idiot. Be friendly to the crowd. Be entertaining to the crowd. You just gotta literally walk in a costume and literally slap hands and act jovial it's not that hard to do now it might be hard if you're in like blistering degrees like 100 degrees out there you gotta act like that all day you might feel a little bit tired i ain't gonna hold you but you know what it's about you know why you're in that suit there should be times where you should be able to take a break like you gotta walk off and cool yourself out but other than that you still gotta act jovial you gotta act cheery you gotta slap hands and be charismatic basically inside of a costume if you do not do that you're not doing yourself any favors you're not doing your job your employer any favors and for you to neglect slapping hands especially with black children constantly and it's a constant thing and it's a constant on top of constant not just a one-time thing but just multiple times with people showing videos of what your people at the sesame place does that's a problem so I hope this thing gets cleared out. I hope it gets rectified. I just don't know why this thing even started to begin with. This whole thing is idiocrity to me. But they say they're going to fix it. So let's see what they do. Hopefully they do fix it. Because if not, 
best believe a lot of eyes are on you now. A lot of eyes are on you. And let's just say, if you don't fix it, I guarantee you a lot of people are going to be wanting to put their foot into your keister. So we'll see. Now for my last topic of the day, I just want to talk about an uh, incident that happened at Disney World, one of the most magical places in the world. A f- big old fight broke out. I'm not going to say how big it was, but it's coming from NBC News. It says, one injured, three arrested in Disney World brawl. The fight occurred on Wednesday evening inside the Magic Kingdom, according to a spokesperson for the Orange County's Sheriff's Office in Orlando. Two groups got into a fight at Disney World, ending in arrests, and one person hospitalized, officials said. The brawl occurred Wednesday evening inside Magic Kingdom. Okay, I already said that. Deputies conducted their investigation and subsequently arrested three people for misdemeanor battery. A sheriff's office said in a statement one person was taken to the hospital for a minor injury. According to the blog Walt Disney World News Today, one family was in line for Mickey's Magic Concert when a member left the line to grab her cell phone which she had left in her electrical convenience vehicle. When she tried to rejoin the line, another family refused to let her in and physically pushed her back, a guest told WDW News Today. A confrontation between the families unfolded outside after the show ended. So what I'm here to tell you is that people got it cracking after Walt Disney's uh, magic concert. And I can say this right now, I don't know what to tell you. I want people to be safe whenever they got these last little bit of time at these uh places at these uh whether you're going to a Magic Kingdom or any type of Disney place or at any just amusement parks yourself. Please be careful around here because we've all been in these situations where you're in a line and somebody in your group happen to either miss something or they want to go use the restroom or however the case may be you stand there and they go off and they do what they got to do take care of it and they want to come back sometimes majority of times people don't say nothing because usually people see that you were that you had a group and that person left your group to do what they got to do to come back usually not people allowed to say anything usually people are cool because they're in those type of situations themselves but then you got one you always somehow ultimately always get one that has to try to be beaver mcdam over here or randall from recess trying to just snitch on something when there's nothing to snitch about dude mind your business they're right there they were all together as a group you if you see one person literally walk back and get in line with that group guess what more than less they're with that group you can't try to run up and say hey yo you get to the back of the line or whatever the case may be i guarantee you that's exactly how that must happen and somebody in the group probably said hey yo she's with us or he that's the case, and then somebody said it doesn't matter. Somebody always got to overstep the boundary, even after that. Even after they say, "Ayo, that person's with us." Somebody always got to be a habitual line stepper and say, "Ayo, it doesn't matter. We waited in the line." Blah blah blah. Somebody's gonna do that. Don't be that person because you might end up catching the fade with somebody. Some people might say, "Ayo, I'm not even trying to be here for fun. I'm here for them, but I can get it cracking now." So again, when you're at these amusement parks and you happen to see a group and somebody leave that group to do something else, and then come back in that line with that group, mind your business. If you don't see that, if you happen to just walk up, and you're just there, and you happen to see somebody just cutting in the line, and get in there, best believe, don't say nothing, just wait. Because guess what? More than less, she's probably, or he or she is probably with that person that they cut in line for. Can't be getting at them. Don't do that, because you need to mind your business, because again, certain people are ready to get it cracking, they're ready to just start smacking people up right in that spot. And trust me, you don't want to ruin your amusement park experience over somebody just doing what they were doing. Just mind your business, do your st- stuff. 
and everybody will have a great and safe time. Nobody will have to go to a hospital or have any type of damages, a busted lip, minor bruises, none of that. Nobody will have to even get arrested because for certain people to get arrested, for three people to get arrested and one injured over because somebody stepped out of line and they try to get back with their group in that line and somebody said something, this wasn't needed. So hopefully they get all that figured out. Hopefully people don't have to go to jail for this. Probably they spend like a day or two in it. Probably not even a day or two. This shouldn't even have been a day, but they probably spent a couple hours inside the jail facility and they were out. But whatever the case may be, people that are trying to catch up and uh, spend whatever little bit of time you got left with your kids because I didn't know that school is coming real, real rapidly fast for people. School down in my area, not for me. My college goes back. We go back to school on August 24th. But like public school, they're going back to school like on August the 2nd down where I reside at and that's ridiculous how that's crazy and that's just weird that's that's getting kids to start off quickly so they got kids started quickly i hope they end off quickly i hope the kids like leave like in the beginning of may end of april because again may kids should not be in school i still stand to that to this day so hopefully if you got the kids starting early you get them out early as well that's what i hope to see this year for these kids i'm i hope for that but Again, I'll get on my whole tangent next week Next week with that because I'll have my sister on here. She'll be talking to me about it for a little bit. But it's time for me to get you guys out of here. On social media, Twitter, you can find me at, at My2Podcast. Instagram, at My2CentsPodcast, G2, all one word. When you put the two, it's not T-W-O. It's actually the number two. And if you want to email me, it's My2CentsPod at Yahoo.com. Remember, it's not the T-W-O or T-O-O. It's the actual number two in it. And you can email me for anything. So you want to talk to me about this. If you want to bring a topic up to me that you want me to look into it and bring it up to the next podcast, that'll be, I'll do that. Uh, if you just want to have somebody to talk to, my emails are fully open. Also, if you're feeling suicidal, please do not hesitate to call the suicide hotline, the national suicide hotline. I have that in the episode description. I want people to be alive. I want people to continue to live out the rest of their days on this planet. And uh, with that happening, trust me, you don't know who you were being a blessing to. Because trust me, a lot of people need to see people's faces. And somebody can just see your face and your face is the one that they really needed to see. And if they don't see it, that can be a damper for them. So please call the news, uh, National Suicide Hotline in the description. Now, with that being said, I want to thank Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, uh, Podbeam, all these other podcasts where you find me at. I want to thank them for still allowing me to do what I do because, again, certain people could easily just say that they don't like me and they could just easily try to cut me off. But hey, that hasn't happened. I rarely, I really, really thank these uh, podcast providers. And I also do thank you guys, the viewers, for listening every week and downloading the episodes. It shows on the algorithms and I really, really appreciate it. And uh, always remember I love you, I love you, I love you. you all i thank you all you guys have a great sunday uh i will be back next sunday next saturday if you listen to the wrestling highlights of the week but next sunday if you listen to just me talk about the news and stuff just in general and with that this isn't goodbye this is until you hear the sweet sounding words again i love you all have a great sunday please don't be a dick please be uh, safe and careful on your travels and uh this has been my two cents podcast presented by g2 IMG2. i love you all I thank you. And Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.